Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Hey, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. It is Friday, March 18th, and I hope you have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend. Let me know what you're doing this weekend. Anybody do anything fun? Leave a comment below. Love to live vicariously through you all. Go maybe on vacation, having a barbecue or something. Let me know in the comments below. What are you doing for fun this weekend? My hope is some of you are having a buy box, doing the work, networking, looking at real estate. How to get started one rental at a time is the path to a better financial future. Uh, it is something I stand behind with thousands of students. Uh, very excited about everything going on. So congratulations to everyone doing the work. Uh, and hope again you have a wonderful weekend. So it is Friday, March 18th. And as always, we will start off by talking about our donation to the food bank. Uh, Dorothy, I want to thank you for your donation. Folks, we are now over $13,000. It blows me away with all of the contributions all of you have made. When we created this goal together, June 1st of 2021, the goal was simple, $5,000. So the one rental at a time community our host of experts, our students, followers, and all of that. It is um, amazing to see what happens. I got a question here about why I chose a food bank. Really quite simple. Uh, if you know my story at all, uh, there were several times as a child, I will say, uh, where we were food insecure. And um, I've never forgotten those times. Uh, I know the stress of mom and dad, but I also know how that felt as a kid uh, being hungry, having to go to neighbors perhaps to get something. So um, yeah, that's that's why I chose a food bank. And let's be clear, we chose the food bank June 1st of 2021. So short short answer is it meant something to me. Uh, and that's why we did it. So again, Dorothy, thank you very much. And thank you to everyone uh, who has gotten a shout out and um, all of that. So yes, uh, there we go. Uh, so a couple of things I want to do. Uh, what do we want to do? Let's talk about housing sales. Actually, the last thing I read this morning. Folks, the housing slowdown is coming. It is already started. Some of you are in markets where it's still hard to see, but trust me. It is coming. Get your buy box. Daily discipline. Watch. Yes, some homes are still stupidly priced. Yes, some of those stupidly priced sales will go through. But the market is slowing down. And dare I say, the market is going to slow down faster than most of you think. So let's see what happens over the next 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks. Already, just this morning, these are, of course, national numbers, and they may not represent yours. Nationally, home sales are down 7.2% month on month. 
That is before interest rates went up another notch. That is before inflation went up another notch. Folks, finally, our time is coming. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that, quite simply, is we want to be able to take a breath. We want to be able to look at our numbers. We want to be able to uncover a potentially motivated seller. Do the work. It is coming. It may, it may take till the summer, but damn, a great deal is worth it. But never forget, it is your job to do the work every day because you never know when your deal is coming. So again, as expected, home sales are going down. This is part of the slowdown. You have to have demand destruction. This is where it starts. Demand. Everybody is screaming supply problem. It is simply not accurate. Even with a fall of 7.2%, we still are on pace to do 6 million units. We have plenty of supply. It's just being gobbled up. And in fact, the last month, they were gobbled up or went pending in 18 days is the average. Folks, a slowdown means more inventory, but the key is days on market. That is the metric. Days on market needs to double and dare I say triple to get back to a balanced market. So again, it's hard to celebrate one of these early signs, but I will. Uh, This is exciting news for all of us. Uh, Where else do we want to go? Let's go here. So I now believe that Jerome Powell in the Fed is on Arthur Burns 2.0. So I wanted to go do some research uh, just about Arthur Burns's uh, time as the Fed chair. Again, folks, most of you have my 50-year spreadsheet for, by now. If not, go get the free course. It's there. If it's in the paid course, go get it as well. We're going to be looking at years 1970 to 1977. Arthur Burns was the Fed chair, a la Jerome Powell, from February 1970 to December of 1977. So CPI, CPI ranged from 3.3% in 1972 all the way to 11.1% in 1974. Arthur Burns is credited and called great inflation because during his eight years in office, his annual annual rate of inflation is 6.5%. More importantly, it would be higher if we included 1978 and 79, which you have to blame Arthur Burns for, as um, uh, Paul Volcker didn't have time to break, uh, break the back of inflation yet. If some of you are in the stock market, it is important to know that when Arthur Burns took office, the S&P 500 was 93. It peaked in 73 at 120, uh, and by 1977, uh, it was 107. So it went up, what do you want to call that, 20%? So just because we're a real estate channel, let's stay with that. Let's go from 1970 to 1980. Median home price was $17,000 in 1970. It was $47,200 in 1980. Rent, rent, not something we often talk about. 
Uh, rent went from $108 to $243. Incomes more than doubled. It went from $8,734 to $17,710. Folks, as I've said many, many, many times, the person that won the 1970s bought a home in the early part of the decade, locked in 30-year cheap money, and let inflation do its thing. Let's do some math. Let's do some math. Okay, get a piece of paper. If you don't have a piece of paper, come back and listen to this later. Let's just assume you're going to buy a 200K house. Just assume. Put whatever number you want. Let's play with 200. Let's assume you put 10% down or $20,000. You have now a 30-year mortgage of $180,000. Let's assume over the decade, there's 50% inflation. Why not? That means your $200,000 house, just with inflation, no extra incentive, right? Just at the rate of inflation. Your house is now worth $300,000. We are in an inflationary environment, not deflation. So what happens with this $300,000 house? Well, I'm not even going to take into account mortgage pay down, which you've had a decade of. Let's just assume the debt is 180 for easy math. Your equity position is now 120 grand. Your equity position because of inflation went up 600%. Let that set in. And oh, by the way, you have had cash flow from day one because you are a one rental at a time fan. You know how to calculate yield. You know how rent goes up. Oh, by the way, your rent went up 50% in this simple example. Most of that rent goes right to the bottom line. You lose some to taxes, some to insurance, some to service fees, capital, all of that. But most of your 50% increase in rent falls to the bottom line or NOI, net operating income. You want to win. Get the lock-in cheap debt, 30-year fixed, and let inflation do its thing. That's why I have a shirt on my website saying, I use inflation to get rich. Ask me how. It is that simple. It's a really cute black shirt. You should go check it out. So again, pretty interesting stuff. Another thing, I read a research report from Stanford University, stanford.edu, if you want to go look it up. I said, what happened to investors in the 1970s? Interesting question. Turns out that uh, investors, mom and pop, retail investors, we shift, we shift twenty, we shifted twenty percent of our wealth out of stocks into real estate. In an inflationary environment, you want something tangible. You want something with fixed rate debt. Stocks, no bueno. Lower PEs, higher costs. All of these, all of these, all of these things. So again. If you want, if you could go in a time machine and go back to the 1970s, you buy every single home you can in 1970 with fixed rate debt, and you just hold on, and you are rich beyond rich beyond rich. Uh, on to some da- uh, daily news. So you got GameStop came out with pretty disappointing earnings. Frankly, management sucks in my opinion. They bought a gold mine. 
Now they're going to become an NFT marketplace. They are all over the place. And most importantly, the most disappointing thing for me is they are still not giving guidance. If you own a public company that is still not giving guidance, no bueno, no good. Larry Summers, uh, someone I love to read about and follow because he just says it how it is. The Fed needs to raise rates to 5%. The Fed funds rate needs to go to 5%. What does that mean? That means the two years probably seven and a half. <laughs> 30 years, nine. Woo! Larry Summers coming in hot. He says we need to go to 5% to avoid stagflation. Uh, and he actually asks the Fed, where is your focus on price stability? Of which, you know, I ranted quite a bit about yesterday. I do believe, as I shared with you starting Wednesday, that the consumer has finally broke. The consumer has finally broke. I'm hearing from more and more real estate agents and brokers and lenders that buyers are giving up. And these are owner occupants. Investors that do one rental at a time, you're not backing out because you, you are only doing great deals. But yes, owners are like, I give up. And that's what it takes. You need to, you need to prick that so we can have inventory build, days on market, and you and me can find motivated sellers. Uh, Core Logic. This is an interesting read. Core Logic has identified 13 markets set up for a crash. You knew I was going to read that article. So here they are uh, in no particular order. Actually, I just wrote them down West Coast to East Coast. Uh, there was no ranking. They were all seen as equal. So again, I wrote them down West Coast to East Coast. Bend, Oregon. Chico, California. Modesto, California, Merced, California, Lake Havasu City, Arizona, Prescott, Arizona. I don't know how to say that. Muskogan, Michigan, Kalamazoo, Michigan, Niles, Michigan, Lewiston, Maine. God, don't want to say that either. Worcester, Massachusetts, Springfield, Massachusetts. Here's the deal. It is these kind of markets that I agree that I have been talking about potentially set up for a crash. Why do I say that? It's because the population, the cumulative population of all 13 of those cities, 1 point, no wait, 3.8 million people. That is rough, rough and tough 1% of the United States. Markets that are small, generally speaking, you know, that, that's an average of 300,000 folks, right? If you take 13 divided or 3.8 million divided by 13, it's rough and tough 300. It's going to be those small markets who had just an influx of out-of-towners move in that could boomerang out, that you don't have the infrastructure to support just wild price increases. That's where you could get got. That's where you could have a crash. Uh, so a couple more things. Kathy Wood, 
Uh, poor Kathy Wood. Again, I warned you about this nine months ago to get out. I hope you listened. Two-thirds of Kathy Wood's stocks are now at 52-week lows. At some point, there will be buying opportunity. And dare I say, when two-thirds of your portfolio is at a 52-week low, how much more could they go down, right? Woo! Ouch! She's down 35% here today. I'm actually shocked it's not more. And then finally, we have multiple Fed presidents out today, led by my man and favorite, Mr. James Bullard. James Bullard has said, you better pay attention to this. This is important. The Fed needs to get the Fed funds rate to 3%, over 3% by the end of 2022. In case you don't recall, there are six meetings left. That means that each meeting, simple math, says it has to be half a point. Now, I don't think each meeting will be a half a point, which will mean you will see inter-meeting rate increases, if James Bullard is correct. On top of that, I did not write down their name, but there is now another Fed president laying the groundwork for the next meeting in May to be 50 basis points. Folks, it is coming. The Fed is not your friend. We need to do the work. Rates are going up. Get ready. All right, everybody, take care of yourself. Have a wonderful day. Again, let me know what you're doing this weekend to have some fun. I will be talking to you tomorrow live at 8 a.m., doing an hour of questions, then my students at 9. So, yes, we will be doing our live sessions because every day is Saturday, right? So take care of yourself. Have a wonderful day. 112 people now, 114 people watching, 26 thumbs up. Do me a favor. Leave a comment. Subscribe. Let's have some fun. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.